Mike, uh, do you know what day it is today? Uh, I, no, I've sort of lost track. I don't, what is today? You tell me. Hey, it's the first Monday in November. <laughs> November 2nd. Do you know what that means? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be at a loss here. I'm going to need your help. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are having your general presidential election tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Because that's right. it's always held on the Tuesday after the first Monday of November. Oh, did you figure out why? Do you know why? Yes, I did some did do some research. Um, <laughs> awesome. a, bit, yeah. a bit of a historical uh, background here. So, why November? Do you want to know why November first mm. or why Tuesday first? Uh, actually, let's start with November. I just sort of thought it was like crops and stuff. November apparently this hasn't hasn't been introduced since the um, before the 1850s actually, and yeah. this was when America was still quite rural. So November was kind of like the harvest was already already done, all the field work was already done, um, but it was usually earlier than the first snow and ice and like the roads becoming impassable and so forth. And the roads are actually also quite important, I guess, for the for the second reason. So why a Tuesday? I mean, we vote on Sundays mm. in Germany. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of countries do. Um, Tuesday, yeah. Sunday, is the day for service. So people are in church in America. Uh, then on Monday, they hit the road in their horse carriage, in their wagons, <laughs> reached their destination sometime late on Monday, and yes. then Tuesday voted, and then actually okay, yes. went right back. And you know why? Mm -hmm. Because Wednesday is the farmer's market. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it did make sense in the 1850s. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is there a, is there a farmers market somewhere near you? Or there there is, but it's a little bit posh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are listening to the Americanist podcast, your resource for everything American. My name is Johannes Ehrmann. I'm a writer and journalist in Berlin, Germany, and I am joined like every week by Stanford University scholar Mike Bayoki. Hi, Mike. Hey there. How are you feeling on this special Monday in November? Uh, things are incredibly tense and my brain is not properly functioning. <laughs> Wait, you took the And actually, you know what? Uh I say this almost every week, but uh the sky's now on fire again. <laughs> the what? fires have started up. We now have yeah. So we're at a safe distance and this fire seems like they've got it, you know, mostly under control. Um it is in a more rural area. But yeah. Yeah, we're back. Oh man. So twenty twenty, man. And you took the whole week off, yeah? This upcoming week, yes. I, I will be, you know, officially this is so I can be doing research and that kind of stuff, but mostly I'll be stressing out and uh, dealing with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so anxiety level pretty high? <laughs> it's fairly intense right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we'll get to the outlook a bit later uh, in more detail. Um, but so what's the, what's the general feeling like, you know, the gut feeling 24 yeah. hours out? Uh, okay, yeah. So it's pretty clear that the voting... Uh, will go in favor of Biden. It's fairly mm -hmm. unambiguous at this point. All of the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. like so, if you look at where the you know what we would say the point estimates. If you look at the values coming out, it's clear that Biden's going to win. But if you sort of say, okay, well, what if we're overestimating? Even under the worst case scenarios, Biden's going to win uh, the votes, mm -hmm. and that includes both mm -hmm. popular vote and mm -hmm. electoral college. At this point, it looks fairly unambiguous, even under the worst case. Even if you say something like, hey, maybe people got it wrong mm. in 2016, mm. and let's like 
redo it so like mm. maybe that wrongness we would transport to now and sort of say it's wrong in, in that same sort of way mm-hmm. still no problem mm-hmm. Biden's gonna mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. <laughs> but i was like so to give you a sense of the anxiety this morning i was listening to um a scholar talk through the norms that we use mm-hmm. during our elections mm-hmm. and it turns out that there's a lot uh so the biggest one being the concession speech that mm-hmm. the losing candidate usually gives it uh, is a major deciding branch in our constitution. Like, so it wasn't even written about in the constitution. Mm. There are a bunch of mechanisms that may have to kick in if Trump does not decide to give a concession speech. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I was just completely unaware of. Like, there's do, do some of them do some of them involve the FBI or <laughs> or, or do you also hear this one? So be, no. oh, we should probably talk about the FBI. They're also building a wall, uh, impenetrable, unscalable wall around the White House this <laughs> week. Build the, things are getting wall. weird here, man. Build things are getting weird. Wall. Build that wall. Yeah, no, no word as to whether Mexico's going to be paying for this wall. <laughs> oh God! So okay, um, uh, what's the um, what's the official rationale behind that? Uh, I, I mean, like, I don't even know if they're bothering with that anymore. Like, I don't know, but but I don't know. I'm sure it's something like Antifa. Antifa bad guys are going to come get us. Okay. Like, so, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean. Let's let's get to the numbers first. And, and yeah. you talked about the votes. And one website is even called like that: two hundred seventy to win, right? So uh, that's that's kind of where the system is coming from. You need two hundred seventy votes to to win electoral votes. Yeah, electoral votes. But we might not even get there by election night, right? This time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let's maybe start with let's maybe start with something that I find quite striking that one thing that we always wonder about uh, America the voter turnout historically in the last hundred years has not been great for presidential right. elections I actually looked this up last time 2016 uh, which was a fairly polarized election already um, yeah there was 60% turnout among eligible voters and even only 55% among adult population and we'll get to the difference maybe later um, I think it has to do with disenfranchisement of, of a large, large portion. Um, yeah. But I mean, 60%, 6 out of 10, that's that's not huge. Uh, and I also right. looked this up. The last German chancellor election um, or, or government election we had in 2017, it was 76.2% uh, mm. turnout. Uh, in Germany, it's actually coming down. So it's, mm. it's coming down historically. Um, we started in 1949, you know, with our current system. And it's it's been, you know, in the high 80s and even 90s in the post-war period, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And it's sort of come down ever since a little bit. You guys yeah. are actually moving up, right? So I guess that's sort of like the positivity corner here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, a nice, that's a really nice spin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so a lot of it is disenfranchisement. Like, so one of the political parties... Uh, since like I don't know the 50s has uh, almost had explicitly and actually just recently as in like this week has made it explicit that disenfranchisement is part of their winning strategy so there are people particularly like um, racial minorities uh, who are targeted to not be allowed to vote Uh, one of the strongest ways is through uh, you know if someone is uh, found guilty, I think, of a felony uh, in some states, they lose the ability to vote. And mm-hmm. those uh, policies have been driven towards um, disenfranchising, making it so particularly black men can't vote. Mm-hmm. And that you see those policies particularly in the South mm-hmm. yeah, of the United States. 
Currently, around 6 million felons are disenfranchised across the United States. So 6 million yeah. people are not allowed to vote because they committed a felony. What is a felony, actually? Okay, yeah. So there's probably a couple other distinctions here, but um, we have um, felony and misdemeanor. Um, and a felony is a more serious crime. So you can think something quite serious like murder is mm-hmm. a felony. Mm-hmm. Uh, a misdemeanor is more like uh, stealing from a store. Mm-hmm. Um, there obviously are some weird issues like uh, marijuana possession for a long time was a felony. Um, you know, like so, and that 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 particularly like selling of drugs and particular types of drugs. You know, sort of rich people drugs were not um, viewed so much as a felony, and then sort of poor people drugs were viewed as a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, this has become a, a real issue mm-hmm. in Florida recently. So mm-hmm. the voters in Florida voted to restore the ability to devote to felons. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. once you are convicted, you serve your time to the community, you come back out and you are allowed to vote again. Mm -hmm. The, again, through popular vote, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. citizens of Florida wanted that to be true. And then the Republican, uh, you know, Congress folks inside of Florida put several different blocks on that. So that doesn't look like it's going to be an easy thing to do. So, mm-hmm. um, and then when uh, some outside groups, notably like Michael Bloomberg and other folks, tried to reenfranchise folks, mm-hmm. so help felons get through the system to get their voting back, that was viewed as uh, inappropriately um, mm-hmm. political. So it's, it's it's a deeply concerning, politically motivated pressure mm-hmm. against some some types of Americans mm-hmm. to disallow their vote, um, and it's. It, and it's become fairly explicit this election. It's always been there, and we've always mm. maybe not talked about it. And then there are legal briefs now that are being entered into federal courts right now, as we speak, mm. like in the last four days, where Republicans are saying uh, our strategy is to disenfranchise people mm. because that will help help us. It's just it, it's a rather concerning. Yeah. Um, Turnout has actually risen historically in the U.S., um, but actually not since 1908 uh, have you guys have had more than 65% of eligible voters uh, exercise their right as well. So for a long time, it, it also sort of stagnated on, at a certain certain level. Uh, just in recent years, it's been it's been going up. There there have been campaigns, I guess, to uh, what you described to to get people more motivated again and also enable people to vote uh, yeah. again. There have actually been also initiatives uh, by quite famous Democratic politicians to also um, either make Election Tuesday a national holiday or move it to some yeah. other day where it's easier to vote. One of them uh, was Democracy Day Act in 2016, introduced by a certain <laughs> Bernie Sanders, supported by Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. uh, before that, in 2005, uh, the Count Every Vote Act, Senator Hillary Clinton. Huh. I did not know that. Both apparently did not pass. Um, yeah. So it's still Tuesday. Most people still, except I think 11 states or so, still people have to work. I think California, yeah. actually, you get two hours off or so to vote. Oh. It's something like, yeah. So, so I've, I've, this is just sort of my Wikipedia knowledge sure. from the last well, half hour. Yeah. Well, to show you how like privileged I am, like it's not ever something I've had to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and there's there's one German word uh, that is sort of associated with the um, 
yeah disenchantment of of people with with politics in, mm. in modern times and I, i'm sure you're gonna love it it's a long long german word it's called politikverdrossenheit <laughs> i like it well so yeah uh, i think it's translated as disenchantment of politics I don't know if you have sort of if this is like a phenomenon that that you're oh, describing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe we just didn't have the word. We borrow yeah. a lot of those great words from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we should borrow this one. Politik verdrossenheit. <laughs> yeah, but actually, as we're a bit on on the history track here, uh, you guys have come come a long way since the very first presidential election, uh, which went from 1788 to 89. Sounds longer than it actually was. Uh, December 15th to January 10th. Hmm. What do you think the turnout was back then? Uh, I mean, are we counting? <laughs> Who compared, are we counting? Compared to, uh, well, <laughs> are we counting just white men or are we counting, you know, slaves and women? <laughs> free, <laughs> like free, po the, free population. The free population. Okay. Uh, oh, man, I don't even know, like 30% in that day? I don't no. know. 1.8. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was not really all that much of a democratic vote. Um, yeah. So this is, this is, Quite interesting. Yeah, there were um, not even 44,000 uh, people voting uh, wow. out of the 2.5 million free population, yeah. I think, at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and of course, there were huge uh, restrictions even on who was allowed to vote, even among the free population. Yeah, oh, that's um, right. Yeah. So I think you had to be either a property owner or yeah. a taxpayer. Yeah. Uh, of course, not a woman, you know. Right not colored um yeah uh, yeah so um come come a long way since yeah, 1.8 percent so, yeah, so it's good. Yeah, we're getting better sort of i guess 60 percent not not there yet. what is what is your outlook is is this gonna rise in the next years yeah well there's a lot that's gonna like ride on what happens over the next couple months but yes i think at this point we are seeing ourselves in crisis and i think uh certainly the left wing uh certainly the independents sort of perhaps the moderates and um parts of the conservative uh, wing of american politics all currently agree that uh, something is deeply flawed and so I, th i think right now is a time where you're going to see some real action on this mm -hmm. um i would not be surprised that things like about like uh it becoming a national holiday that would not surprise me mm -hmm. there's another horrible process that's been set up in some states where they will purge the voter record um so this was in pennsylvania uh when you were there mm -hmm. so um if you don't vote for a couple cycles or they can't determine that you are still the same person living in the same place they will mm -hmm. remove you from the voting rolls mm -hmm. um so uh, that's another way that people have been disenfranchised and they won't notify you or something like that, like mm -hmm. that either. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of stuff is going to go away. I think it's, uh, you know, there's a real shot that there will be some automatic voter registration kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh, that comes into place. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think people are agreeing right now that there mm -hmm. needs to be some real changes along these lines. Mm -hmm. As old as the presidential election is also the institution of the Electoral College. Um, right. So this also already happened in 1788 and 89. And of course, famously, George Washington became your first president. I'm sure you're aware. Do you know all the, do you actually know all the presidents by heart? <laughs> because I know yes. some Americans too. 
<laughs> no, no, I don't. There's no way. I can't even. It's embarrassing. No, not no, even. No, no, it's fine. I mean, yeah. Do you? You probably know more <laughs> no, than I do. No, no way. No way. No, no, no. I never went to school in America. I just, just studied there for a year. <laughs> like Maybe if I went to high school uh, in America, yeah. maybe I'd, I'd know. So 69 electors at the time. How many voted for George Washington? Oh, uh, 69? Yes! <laughs> no yes? Yes. Oh, clean sweep. He was, he was unanimously voted oh, in. Um, and I found this. So this is just a passage from Wikipedia. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. quote this. Uh, it's absolutely excellent. Um, no nomination process existed. The framers of the Constitution presumed that Washington would be elected unopposed. In a letter to Washington attempting to persuade him to leave retirement on his farm in Mount Vernon to serve as the first president, Alexander Hamilton wrote that, quote, the point of light in which you stand at home and abroad will make an infinite difference in the respectability in which the government will begin its operations and the alternative of your being or not being the head of state. Oh, he's good. <laughs> 1788. <laughs> Charmer. Yeah. So we've come a long way from unanimous presidential <laughs> elections, right? Yes, that's right. Quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, what's your take on the on the electoral college? I mean, is this something that needs to go? Is this some nice tradition that just maybe needs reform? Yeah, it, it's interesting. There are lots of different ways to think about. It. I'm not going to do this justice, but just sort of quickly. In some ways, it was meant to be also a circuit breaking system where people were a bit concerned about maybe the the dirty rabble rousing masses would do something crazy. They would vote uh, for a dictator, um, and and then the electoral call. or follow campaign buses of of the opponent. Yeah, oh, God. we gonna? Yeah, that's also <laughs> is that horrific. kind of stuff you mean? Uh, <laughs> so yes, I think like people like showing up with guns, and uh, <laughs> so um, the idea was that the electoral college are these voters and they would come in and they would actually be the ones who do it so if something in deeply insane happened they could step in and change uh, or, or reinterpret what was uh, voted by on uh, the population uh yeah i think that they did that nowadays holy cow <laughs> I, th I think the the way the media landscape and the informed population would react would just be terrifying to watch mm -hmm. um so there's been some attempts to change this there's been some uh like there are i forget exactly what it is it's something just shy of 270 votes um so there are a number of states so like california has agreed in principle to a policy where they would commit to sending all of their electoral votes to whoever won the popular vote so there's a series of states who have done this who said we will commit to this if we reach 270 of collective states to do this so yeah. what that would mean is you know, you don't have to necessarily go through a very difficult process of changing the constitution. Mm -hmm. It's just that the states themselves, there would be a pact of mm -hmm. 270 plus one or whatever, 270, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. um, electoral uh, votes that would be completely determined by the popular vote rather than what's going on in their state. They would just agree to, and at that point, like it would become moot. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know like what you know where things will go but yeah i mean there there are a number of uh attempts right now to basically sidestep the electoral college yeah it seems i mean that's why we talk a lot this episode also about the beginnings and and the history um you know that stuff is almost 250 years ago and a lot of it's and you you were mentioning norms 
a lot and how you know norms were sort of carrying a lot of that process into modernity and um, i was watching this clip with uh, bill maher actually the the other yeah. day uh, where he's talking to jimmy kimmel and um he was um so he he, he keeps referring to this 1970s comedy movie uh, called gus uh, where apparently, yeah, so I'd, I'd never heard of that. Uh, apparently, the, the story is something like that. There's a football team, American football team, yeah. and they decide to uh, get a donkey as their kicker. So and the donkey basically boots the football from whatever 80 yards out yes. uh, and they win every game. Um, uh, and then, you know, the other teams, of course, are against this. And then they're like, yeah, yeah you know, there's nothing in the rule book that, you know, tells us that the kicker has to be human. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, and then, so this is a quote from Bill Maher. He's like, okay, this is basically Trump. Our system is an honor system and he has no honor. So he's basically Gus. I mean, he, was, he would basically do anything to bend the rules yeah. um, if he can. And the question is, I guess, also going forward to tomorrow and the days afterwards, what are the kind of loopholes that he can find? Well, yeah, that's what I was um listening to this morning so it turns out in a sort of deeply terrifying way um that the supreme court here in the united states has declared that there's no connection between the popular vote in a state and how the electoral college must vote so this Their, winner takes all principle right they, they, exactly and and the citizen uh direct vote for the president is also not protected mm-hmm. um the and I'm I'm not an expert on this, right? So you mm-hmm. have to be a little careful about mm-hmm. how I'm saying this. But like, sure. it's something along the lines of that that the state legislatures are the ones who have the um, assignment process. So they are the ones who get to pick who goes into uh, the electoral college and then cast those votes that actually determine the presidency. Mm-hmm. So there has been discussions, um, and they have come out of the White House and been reported on saying that the Trump team has reached out to certain states and started to talk to them about, listen, you don't have to follow the popular vote. So Pennsylvania Mm. has a very conservative currently like um, Mm. legislature. It's pretty clear that their population is going to vote for Biden. Mm. And so what the Trump team has done is to start to see would the uh, Pennsylvania legislature be willing to overrule the popular vote by its citizens and instead send Mm. the electoral votes to Mm -hmm. Trump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is perfectly legal. That is the donkey kicking the field goal. God. Okay. Another issue... I guess, and I've watched a few clips, and I've been a lot on 538. Um, yeah. How big of a chance do we have that actually on election night, either of the candidates will be at 270? There's a real chance. Um, so on my side of things, right, like mm-hmm. colored through blue glasses, like seeing the world mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a kind of like a liberal progressive? What am I? Okay, so like... <laughs> we'll, we'll dedicate a whole episode to yeah, this. Yeah, very soon, understanding Mike. Mike, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think, so we've all been sort of terrified that things are incorrect in a certain direction where Trump is going to get more of a popular vote than we are currently anticipating. It's also very likely given how turnout has been working, especially in the 2018 elections mm-hmm. that the voting models, you know, this whole thing about like only 60% of our population votes, if 65% show up. And that 5% is unanticipated and mm-hmm. looks in a certain way, like, like, you know, it, it tends to be more blue. 
then things will look very different and be more mm -hmm. uh, beneficial to Biden. Mm -hmm. If that happens, uh, you will see places like Georgia mm -hmm. um, early in the night go Biden. Mm -hmm. um, you will mm -hmm. see Florida go mm -hmm. Biden. Mm -hmm. Florida, uh, like we talked about last time, is uh, the biggest state that will be mostly reporting its its votes mm -hmm. by the evening. So mm -hmm. they allow themselves to count um, and process. Therefore, I believe they're actually even doing it right now. Their mm -hmm. early votes are being processed right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not counted, but like sort of like prepared and adjudicated and that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. That means that like if they were to go blue pretty heavily, um, mm -hmm. things could be over very early in the night. Mm -hmm. or that is a likely scenario that things are more blue, mm -hmm. more pro Biden than we are realizing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and in which case things will um, resolve pretty quickly. And the bias that you were mentioning last time was sort of like the, the, the narrative afterwards was like, okay, Trump voters basically didn't acknowledge to pollsters that they would vote for Trump. And then they actually did on election night. That's why we saw a swing of polls to actual results of what four or five six percent sometimes right yeah I, that's definitely you're right that that's a narrative i and it gets talked about a lot i actually mm. don't personally believe that one mm. very much i think the much more realistic scenario is in 2016 hillary clinton was very well known mm. um and trump was not very well known in the way that he would govern mm. um it was sort of he had maybe some people had a sense of him and what happened was There were a bunch of undecided voters who would declare themselves undecided on, mm. in all of the polling. And instead of sort of roughly breaking equally 50-50 mm. for Clinton mm. and, and Trump, they overwhelmingly broke towards mm. Trump. Mm. And that had to do with some things like uh, the FBI announced an investigation mm. um, into Hillary in the last week or two um, before the election. So I think that's probably a better description mm. of why some of those errors occurred. Mm -hmm. And they were not huge. <laughs> I think it's really hard because this is a binary outcome mm -hmm. where either Clinton would have been president or whoo, although on the other side, mm -hmm. Trump would be. But if you look at the numbers, mm -hmm. we're only talking about, you know, 50,000 yeah. people in sure. a couple different states and things sure. switch. So it was very close. Um, this is not close right mm -hmm. now. None of the numbers mm -hmm. are, are showing this as to be a closed election. And also what should be an encouraging sign, I guess, for every democracy um, is that the turnout this year is on a record shattering level already. So I, I just saw Texas, Texas already yes. just in early voting, I think by Friday or even middle of last week, had surpassed all of their votes from four years ago. So this should be encouraging also because, I mean... Also, one of the facts of 2016 is that only roughly one in four adults voted for Trump. And now yeah. he's governing 100% of Americans. Right. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I am so excited about Texas, like just watching what's happening there. Um, so Texas, I wish I had these numbers right in front of me, but like you, you've been citing the 60% vote rate. There's something down in like the high 40s. Do you, do you have this number? Like they are one of the most, like one of the least voting populations in the United States. Okay. No, I don't have that uh, number, no. Yeah. And a big chunk of that is because people have just been so dispirited and there's a fair amount of gerrymandering. Uh -huh. um, like, and so people just feel, even if they are not technically disenfranchised, like, so they actually could vote, they don't feel like they can. And there have been some real pushes 
by um, some politicians in Texas. But then also, and the reason I'm also bringing up Georgia is Stacey Abrams, who's a phenomenally important person in American politics and will be for the next couple of decades. They have started to go into regions of the United States where people, particularly like Hispanics or African-Americans who have not felt like they can or should vote, um, and they've really started to get these people excited and involved in the process. And so Texas is like one of the biggest stories mm. like that. Gerrymandering. Can you explain that to the listeners, what, what that is about? Because this, <laughs> sure. this is a typically American thing as well. Uh, yeah. I believe in a lot of other countries doesn't exist. God, I hope not. So, I, and there's also like an interesting etymology to this. I think the person who did it was maybe named Jerry. Uh, who like sort of pushed this. And then um, what they did, this person, uh, is they created a district that almost looked like a salamander, like the little lizardy thing. Um, so so and, an art- artificially created boundaries of, yes. a, of a political district. So, this, so what happens is, uh, uh, you know, politician is elected by a certain group of people in a geographic location. And if you know about those people, you can carve up, you can maybe like, shape a district so it is really good for you and very bad for anybody else and so the idea was i'm not sure how other countries do this um but number of our states here not all of our states like california does not allow this um the politicians who get elected are allowed to create the districts and so this leads to the people in charge making districts that are uh, not just good for their party but often good for themselves personally uh-huh. Um, so they don't have to like run a very hard race. And so um, that's that's accumulated over a number of years. And now you have districts that are very not contested. So, you know, a really good example is Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, where when the and this roughly happens every 10 years, um, the opportunity to really gerrymander comes along because that's when we do our census. Mm-hmm. We get the head counts of people and then the legislatures get to decide and redesign their districts. And so. The, a very conservative strain of politician was in charge in Wisconsin and to the point where I think it's something like 60% of the population voted for Democrats mm-hmm. and uh, in the legislature in Wisconsin, something like 40% is actually Democrat. Okay. Um, it is a wildly uh, aggressive uh, political move. And it's, it you know, you can see the instability. So some of the major protests um, that cropped up um, have been in like places like Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Wisconsin, thanks to our gracious sponsor, today I'm drinking right. Milwaukee's best premium beer. Um, <laughs> also because Milwaukee, I think, is one of the most German cities in the States. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think actually the, the greater Milwaukee area, something like 60% German heritage. So obviously also a lot of great beer there. Um, so cheers. What, what are you drinking? Cheers. But I'm, we're going to pretend mine is a Sam Adams. Um, it is actually something not like that. And you're not going to reveal to the listeners. We're just going to say that Mike's drinking some alcohol. And it's, uh, let's just say it's Sam Adams. <laughs> well, okay. It's, it's 9 a.m. on a Monday there for you. It's so. 9 a.m. And this is... Yeah. <laughs> I, you can That's confirm fine. it is alcohol. <laughs> I'll let you pass with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, chances are that... Trump is probably right now somewhere in Wisconsin or Michigan or Iowa or uh, anywhere else. Um, I've been I, I've been trying to tune in to some of the rallies. I have to say, uh, it's quite quite <laughs> interesting. Also, just the, sort of the whole surroundings. I don't know if you've actually looked at some of those. Oh, you know the music that they play before he's coming on. So, oh yeah. So my way. 
Frankie Boy, of course. <laughs> and, and then right after that, Macho Man by Village People. <laughs> But like, seriously. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, no irony there whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, Fortunate Son. Yeah. Uh, like Vietnam era, like you were born with a silver spoon so you don't bear any of the consequences. It's a kick butt like song and it is so like railing against Trump. It is so like whoever puts that playlist together hates Trump. Let's just be honest. Like whoever is doing it is super hilarious and is just like, yeah, it's that, just amazing. That would be the next Pulitzer Prize winning long read. Interview the yes. DJ of the Trump rallies. Yes, yes, the true resistance in the DJ. Are we? Are we? Are, I can't tell if this is where we're heading. Are we going to talk about the buses situation? Uh, we can. Yeah, I, I think I, I threw that in there before. Um, I think we have to explain that a little bit because yeah. maybe a lot of people haven't haven't actually seen that clip. Um, so yeah, tell us what happened. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, this is a oh. different. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> man. There's so many Which things happening that I can't even. I, I can't even speak to you in coded language. <laughs> Which buses? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, tell me all the all, buses stories. All the different buses stories. We'll, we'll talk about that other one. Uh, so uh, so there have been three Trump uh, rallies recently that have been mostly at like small airports, you know, so like okay. places that you can be like outside. Yeah. Um, and this is really crazy. Again, like metaphor, deep metaphor level. I think the most, uh, the first one was maybe in Nebraska. Uh -huh. um, so fairly rural and northern state. So uh -huh. quite cold at this time of year. Yeah. And he held a rally. Yeah. Um, and they, the logistics had not been worked out. And so something like 10,000 people were trapped after he left. So he flew off, yeah. his entourage flew off. And like 10,000 people were trapped What? at this rally that in like freezing temperatures, they couldn't get to their cars. There were no logistic support. Wow. Like they had to like, there were old people who were dealing with hypothermia. So wow. you might, one might say something like, Oh, you know, that was really bad luck. They did it the next night and same kind of thing in a different state where they did not, the Trump, The Trump team did not plan any logistics. So again, like many people were trapped for a couple hours at like midnight. And then they did it again. They What? did it again a third time. It so it's just a just don't care? They don't care. They also like there's some speculation that they don't have enough money to do it. Like they're uh. sort of um, you know, they'll provide the money to get people in and then like sort of the I don't know, man. I mean, like, as far as I'm concerned, it's like people just like really wanting to have a very solid metaphor for how Trump is like <laughs> failing his own people. Yeah. So I never made it through a whole of these these rallies. I usually pass out after like 20 minutes or so. Um, but I did find it pretty interesting to see him stand there in like zero degree wind chill in Michigan, you know, with yeah. his big red MAGA hat because he's scared his toupee will fly off. Um <laughs> Or whatever he has on his head, I don't know yeah. what, what what that is. An animal, maybe. Um, oh and and trying so hard to pretend that he actually wants to be there, that he actually cares to be there, yeah. and that's that's his thing. And he still couldn't do it. Like he still couldn't do it. It just came across it was like he, he still kept going back to. Oh man, it's freezing here. Oh, oh god, yeah. this temperature. Oh god, you know. He, he can't help himself. He, no, I, I mean like. Uh, He's a narcissist, right? Like he probably has a diagnosable condition where he just yeah. doesn't give a fuck about people. And <laughs> like a lot of politicians can be critiqued for craving 
uh, the love and adulation, like the the cheers from people. And he cares that people say good things about him, but he doesn't give a fuck. Like he does not care like what happens to you at all. Um, yeah. He's a very flawed person and you're seeing oh, that right yeah, now. Yeah, As he starts yeah. to lose, he's going to really explode. But of course, I mean, sort of like the main storylines is... You know, he's built the greatest this, the greatest that, the greatest wall, greatest economy of all time. Always, this is like first third. I always catch this that, that phrase. You know, before yeah. I before I fall asleep, greatest economy built. But actually, I, I did check. He's he's not the greatest president in history. It's actually he's he's the third greatest. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, six foot three, uh, one <laughs> one meter ninety one. So Lincoln, Lincoln number one. Okay, yeah. six foot six foot four, and then LBJ. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I think six foot three and a half. Does oh, it? Yeah. Do, do you guys even do that? Like half? We a do foot? that. No, yeah? we do okay. that. Yeah, yeah, or half an inch. Yeah. You see how tall I am? I I claim my half inch. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, intended to go there, man. Sm- <laughs> smallest president. Smallest president. Uh, of all, I don't. Rumpel's. I don't even know. Rumpel. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a president? According, Man, according to the best Wikipedia page I've ever discovered, <laughs> heights and weights of presidents, oh. James Madison. Oh, yeah. Okay. Five foot four. Five foot four. Got that dude beat. <laughs> yeah. So even Hillary would have been taller than, than him. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Wait, so. did, what did they do for Trump's weight? Oh, did I didn't check, like, I didn't check the weights. I didn't check oh, the weights. It's, it's, it's sort of up and down, right? It's mostly, yeah. I mean, mostly, there yeah. was this little scandal, this tiny little scandal where it was like his presidential physician came out and was like, this is the healthiest prison we have ever had. He's in com- <laughs> he's completely fit. And it turns out that he had reverse engineered Trump's weight such that he would be one pound below what would qualify as obese. Uh, so it's like, oh, that's adorable. That's such a cute little lie. <laughs> yeah. So third greatest president. Um, we'll see if he gets reelected tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah. Or I don't know. I mean, I guess sort of the final segment now should be outlook. What's what's actually going to happen? So what's your gut feeling yeah. tomorrow? What's what's going to happen during the course of the night? I'm, I'm going to sure. try and stay up. Uh, maybe I'm going to sleep a little bit, take a little nap, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tune back in at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, the guys, we're going to have a Zoom uh, call, and I think we're all going to like sort of uh, be there to yep. emotionally support each other. <laughs> um, yep. Look forward to that. I think everybody's going to be sort of shy to like that. When I say everybody, I'm, I guess I'm talking about the usually in the United States, the networks, the um, yeah. the public networks, they will call different states. And I think people are going to be yeah. pretty nervous about doing that. I yes. know one guy who won't be. <laughs> yes, I think this is important. You need to talk. Yeah, go for it. No, because I mean, he, Trump already said he wants to win our by election nights. So yeah. I guess he's going to have a winner, at least for himself. Um, and I guess it depends on how many people will follow, uh, right? Yeah. No, I mean, like, this is like a, a team, you know, getting into, like, the third quarter of a game and then being like, we've won. Yeah. Right? Like, he's going to call, you know, when a number of votes have been tabulated, but not everybody. And so this is, again, a perpetuation of the... Uh, Republican Party's desire to disenfranchise people. If if it looks like they're winning, they would prefer not to count the rest of the votes um, because this way they get to keep power. And this is an explicit statement that has come out over the past couple of days that that is a tactic that the Trump folks are willing to deploy is they will declare him, you know him victorious um, as soon as they possibly can try. 
But I mean, that, that basically means that they don't take this 250-year-old system seriously anymore. I, I don't, we shouldn't pretend like that. that's what they're interested in anymore. I, I do, I am, so let's like, you know, been sort of jokey. I am really concerned. Uh, I, I do think there's a real chance that some really bad stuff could be happening. Yeah. I think if tomorrow we don't see some big numbers posted, um, yeah. you know, out of states like uh, Florida and Georgia and that kind of stuff, yeah. then uh, there's a real chance that the Trump folks will try to maintain power. Yeah. And they've already uh, been been quite active in the last days, and yeah. that's the other buses story that that I was actually hinting yes. at before. Um, so, so there were was I don't know like a dozen or even more sort of mostly pickup trucks uh, trailing a Biden campaign bus in Texas. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there was even one uh, pickup making contact with a car following the bus, which also belonged to the Biden campaign, apparently. Yeah, that's right. And there's a video of that that went viral. So, yeah, a bit of scary sort of stuff already yeah. ahead of the election. And they've, I think they've, they've also blocked the highway in, in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey. Also. In New so, Jersey, yeah. yeah. I saw an image of that as well. So, yeah, it does feel like, um, it does feel like there's a real potential for, for violence. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the best thing that, that can happen is the landslide that we're hoping for. And then yeah. that sort of yep. um, takes the wind out of the sail of a lot of this That's craziness. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, let's let's circle back to what you said before, where you were like, there's a fair chance that this is happening. So what, what time are we talking about approximately? Uh, Service tweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, so by the time that California closes, so like, let's say like by eight o'clock, California time, so Pacific time, we should have a pretty clear sense of how things are shaping up. You know, a lot of the stuff will have been reported at that point. So we'll probably won't know definitively, but we will know whether it's a big night for Biden or if it'll be a middle ground. Not like things will be resolved, but like roughly 8 8 p.m., what, 20 o'clock? 20 (laughs) o'clock. So I'm I'm doing the calculation in my head uh, to German time. This is like, what, 5 a.m. or so, German? Yeah, that's right. Um, here's a small hope that I have. There are a number of conservative party leaders who have not come out, um, to, to speak. So notably the Bush family, uh-huh. um, who has a number, they've been leaders in a number of different States. They've been presidents, a couple of different presidents. There's some speculation that they have not stepped out at this point to say anything mm-hmm. because they're reserving their ability to maintain order. Um, should something escalate. Uh Um, So I think there are elements of stability that haven't been totally played out in the political arena that might, that Mm -hmm. might hit. I'm not a huge fan of the Bush family, just to be clear, (laughs) but like there are uh, some hopeful scenarios for stability um, and people have been sort of gaming this out and thinking about um, it's, it's quite likely that we will see the House of Representatives and the Senate go into mm. the blue column, mm. uh, be controlled by Democrats. And if the president's also uh, a Democrat, I do think there are going to be a lot of positive changes that allow more people to vote um, and uh, some changes uh, so we don't end up like this again. Where are you, you going to follow uh, the developments? Are you going to be like double screening, triple screening, <laughs> CNN, ABC? That's right, yes. I'll probably be switching between uh, CNN uh, because they do some, they have some good pollsters. 
I'll be watching. You you mentioned five thirty eight. Um, uh-huh. Those folks are phenomenal. Uh-huh. And then one of my very favorite podcasts, which is the, the uh, Pod Save America folks. Um, so I thought you would yeah. say the Americanist podcast. Uh, yeah, well, I'm also going to be watching us. Yes, that will be very self referential. <laughs> so we're going to record also another episodes, um, most likely Wednesday, um, right. talking about hopefully a result, a convincing yeah. result. Um, until then thanks very much for listening you can follow us on twitter at americanistpod americanistpod and until then thanks very much this is the americanist Mike getting excited for tomorrow election day is here and we'll talk very soon take care bye bye